Welcome, everybody, to the Cliff Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Clifton Grooms. It is our final segment of the Week 3 pregame show, and then we're going to be talking in the state of Kansas. Let's waste any time. Let's run down some scores in the state of Kansas. It was Hiawatha 23, Troy nothing. Riverside over Oskaloosa 50-22. Marhill over McLeod 47-12. Lafayette over Atchison 28-7. ACCHS over Horton 42 to nothing and Chapman over Sabetha 34 to 29. Now let's run down some of the big matchups in week two on the Kansas side. It's Riverside versus Sabetha at a big matchup in the big seven. Riverside is 1 and 0. Sabetha is 0 and 1. We had an opportunity to catch up with head coach Bryce Payton. We were, he was able to share a story with us. Talk about the first two games of 2020 and so much more. And we talked about his upcoming game against Sabetha. Let's go to our interview with Coach Payton here at 30 Seconds. And welcome to the Cliff Notes Podcast here. It's the Kansas edition of the Week 3 pregame show. we got Riverside Head Coach Bryce Payton with us. How are you doing, Coach? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, as a first-time guest, what we usually do is um, give a little bit of an introduction. Um, who um, Coach Bryce Payton is, um, how you got into coaching, and how you got here to Riverside. Uh, so I'm a local guy. I graduated from Wathena before the, the merge uh, to Riverside. Um, born and raised Wathena. Uh, ended up going to Washburn University and graduated in 2015. Uh, came back and landed a job here at Riverside um, and started coaching the fall of uh, 15 in football and uh just kind of been been here ever since. Uh, head coach of baseball, got that the last three years, and uh, started the you know head coach for football just last year. Well, coach, um, 2019. Um, how many years are you, has it been at Riverside for you? Oh, uh, this would be my sixth. Sixth year. Um, let's talk about 2019 real quick. Um, let's see. I think six and three. Six and three overall, um, a playoff appearance in there. How do you really summarize last year? Um, it, it was just a whirlwind, honestly. You know the the way the way I got the job and and um, the uncertainty of what what was going to go on. You know, we found out like May fifteenth that our head coach was was uh, was just going to move to AD. And we had another coach leave. So it was me and, and a 22-year-old 20, assistant left. And we started thinking, you know, what's going to go on? Should we, uh, kids were wanting me to apply for the job. And it's just like, I, I, it was just uncertainty. I think I found out like June 11th, like the day before we were going to our uh, full team contact camp at Benedictine in the summer. And... It, it it just it all worked out. Uh, I had a great group of kids um, that really that really cared about me, and I really cared about them, and and it, it all kind of meshed together, and we ended up having a really good season. Well, coach, that was 2019. Let's move on to 2020. Um, how was some um, camp over the summer and going into the season with everything going on in the world in this unique world we live in? Uh, you know, it was different. You know, I we didn't know about numbers and kids and who's playing and who's not. And, you know, we're going to get kids here. We're not going to get kids here. And, you know, usually we have, you know, two, 
meetings at the high school in the spring to get kids you know, aware of aware of what's going on and um and it was just all like i said you know we usually do the the second week in june we're usually at uh, benedictine for the full full contact camp for a few days and uh we were waiting to see are people doing camps are people not doing camps so we were it was just very um un, unsettling and unsure about what was going to go on but but our kids uh our kids responded and i think they were you know we had our highest attendance that since i've been around uh in the summertime and for weights and conditioning and we just uh i think the kids were ready to see each other i think the kids were ready to get after it plus plus coming off a good year we we had kids that needed that were going to step up and that got a bit of success last year that uh we're looking to turn the corner again and and it just worked out we we had a we had good good attendance and you know i was a little bit more organized in my um you know having a full year think about stuff and uh you know kansas kind of opened it up to kind of do whatever we wanted with all this so so we were able to have practices. I think we had six or seven practices this summer. And then we had our camp right before, uh, which we've never been able to do either. It was our camp right before uh, practice started. So so we've been at it for about four weeks already. But it was good to finally play a game last week. Well, Coach, um, let's talk about the kids real quick. Uh, those who haven't really paid attention to Riverside football and maybe hearing you and hearing about the team for the first time, who are some of the kids that um, you have that um, – if they were to go to a Cyclone football game, that they would be hearing about on Friday. Um, I would say uh, Kobe Davis, our quarterback, would be would be one that maybe people have heard of. He's been getting a little bit of recognition since he threw he threw for over fifteen hundred yards and I think twenty one or twenty two touchdowns last year as a sophomore. Um, a credit to him and credit to uh, all the wide receivers he had last year. And then um, to back that up with this year, um, Bray Davies, uh, he had two touchdowns on Friday. He's, he transferred from Troy uh, as a sophomore, and he had to sit out last year. So he's, he's really looking forward to a big campaign as a senior. Um, you know, and we, I would say some other guys that you're going to hear, hear a lot about are going to be Charlie Grable, Todrick Duncan on defense for sure. Uh, Charlie's a good running back as well, along with Jace Went. We got kind of a two-headed monster there. Uh, Nehemiah Bird's going to be one, I think, that's going to blow up this year, the junior. He's stupid athletic, and he's he's going to have a good year. He had two interceptions. He ran one back last last week. And uh, and then we just got a bunch of core guys um, that just – that are the glue for our team, a bunch of seniors, you know, Connor Hayes and Braden Chalfont and uh, – uh, Caden Jewell and Xavier Stillman are a couple of our linemen up front. And they're just, we just got a good solid, solid crew this year. Well, coach, um, week, week one is in the books. Um, had a little bit of a schedule change. You originally were, were supposed to play Royal Valley last week. Uh, that game got canceled. Oskaloosa steps in. Um, but you were able to pick up a 50 to 22 victory last Friday night. Talk about everything with the schedule change and then how to adjust to a new opponent, I would say probably almost on the fly, and then coming out and getting a big win on Friday. Uh, you know, you know, 2020, you know, we can't really expect anything um, with any type of scheduling of any sort, you know, on a personal level or or school level. You never know what's, what, what's going to get thrown at you. So, um, you know, we came – yeah, it was the first week of practice, and we kind of – my AD kind of brought it to me and said, hey, man, I uh, got a bit of an issue. 
we found out that there was uh, some positive case, a positive case on the river or the rural Valley team and like instantly start uh, going through your brain. Like, you know, are we even going to be able to play? What are we going to be able to do? Who are we going to get? Are we, even, you know, ended up, they said that they were going to be able to practice and start playing like that following Tuesday. So originally we were scheduled for Tuesday, like would be this Tuesday. And, uh, and then Keisha says, you can't have, you have to have so many days in between two games. So then we would have to bump our week two back to a Saturday and got it all flipped over. And then it ended up being, I think they had another case or something happened where they, somebody quarantined again. And so they couldn't play, which was good that we just kind of started fresh and we didn't have to worry about all that stuff. And luckily, luckily we found another game, you know, unfortunately for, for Jackson Heights, I think they, they tested positive. So they lost their first game and it just kind of matched up Oski uh, having an open week, but uh, it was, it was good. Uh, it was good for our kids to play. Um, I mean, you know, you can only hit yourself for so long. Um, but you know, we, I think I had one tape already from them, just from a game that, uh, we were scouting one of the teams on our schedule last year. Um, and then, you know, go through our guys and, uh, K and Z A and, you know, Johnny Kane and Justin Fluke, you know, they, they do such a good job, uh, of covering our area that, you know, we, we kind of found out, you know, who, who we're supposed to look for, um, and stuff like that. So, so it made it okay, but, you know, it's always good to get the first one. Well, definitely for sure. Um, champions definitely adjusted. You guys adjusted very, very well. And uh, we're going to have Johnny Kane live here on the pregame show here in just a little bit. But the uh, last thing that we're going to move on to um, is week two. You guys have Sabetha on the schedule this week. Sabetha has really been a power in the um, Northeast Kansas world here for several years now. Uh, what do you expect out of that matchup with the Blue Jays? <laughs> coach Michael might be the most consistent coach uh, he's the most consistent coach I've ever seen. I mean, in my short time of coaching, but, you know, we've played him every year and it's just like the same. It doesn't matter who graduates. It always just, they're always going to work hard. They're always going to play hard. They're always going to run the air out of the football. And uh, they always get kids to buy into them and work through. It's a progression through their program, you know, as they get older and uh, our kids are looking forward to the challenge. Um, they did, they did lose probably one of the most, uh, renowned Kansas players in, in a while, uh, in Gabe Garber. So, um, and I know them coming off a loss, it's going to be, it's, they're going to be even more eager to, uh, to play well. Well, coach, I want to thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Uh, good luck to you and the kids this Friday night. No problem. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. And that was Cyclone head coach Bryce Payton. Thank you so much, coach, for joining the podcast. Let's run down some more games on the schedule. Troy is at the defending Class 1A state champion Centralia. Bishop LeBlanc is at Donovan West. We already discussed that matchup and the city portion of the pregame show. Emporia is at Atchison. Mar Hill is at Oskaloosa. Hiawatha is at Perry LeCompton. ACCHS has a Monday game against Jackson Heights. ACCHS was supposed to play Pleasant Ridge, but that game got canceled due to Pleasant Ridge and COVID-19 cases there. So ACCHS will take on Jackson Heights in a Monday night game. Now, we last week we had Johnny Kane on the show. We get the opportunity this week to bring him back. We got a week one recap, and we talk about three of the big games in the Northeast Kansas area. Let's go to our interview with Johnny Kane here right now.
And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast, the Kansas portion of the week three pregame show. We got our man Johnny Kane from MSCSports.com. How you doing, Johnny? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for asking. Um, Johnny, I know we talked last week. We broke down some games last week. Um, what were some of your highlights um, of week one of Kansas? It was crazy. It was kind of a crazy week one. Uh, I know the game I had was probably the best game, honestly, maybe even the state of Kansas. I had Holton Nemahal. It was a game that Holton won on the final play of the game on a field goal after Nemahal Central had actually blocked the game-winning attempt but got called for an unsportsmanlike penalty for guys running out on the field too quick. So Holton got another shot, ended up kicking a game-winning field goal to win 15-13 and take down the defending state champs. So that was definitely a highlight of week one. There was also some big wins as well. I know a surprise Maybe not to a ton of people, but to me, maybe a little bit is Perry LeCompton, what they did to Jeff West last week. That was a huge win for Perry LeCompton. They just dominated Jeff West. So that was a big surprise. There was a lot of big wins, but a lot of close games also in week one. All right, we're going to get into Perry LeCompton here in a little bit. They got a game against um, Hiawatha. We'll break that down here in just a few minutes. But the um, the first game we're going to break down is Riverside and Sabetha. Riverside was a big win over Oskaloosa. Um, they had to have their game rescheduled last week. Um, so they were able to come through with an, with an adjustment and opponent and win that game. And Sabetha, they had a five-point loss to Chapman last week. How do you really see this matchup for Riverside and Sabetha? I think this might be one of the best pay on paper matchups that we'll have here this week. Sabetha still trying to get their feet underneath them with the loss of Gabe Garber they had from a year ago. Still trying to find some spots for guys. But Michael Googleman stepped up last week. He had two rushing touchdowns. Caden Dillon had a rushing touchdown as well. And also a passing touchdown to Drew Smelsley, who's one of the best tight ends, not only around the area, but in the state. So Sabetha, there's I mean, they played well against Chapman, just fell short, but Riverside. They have so much firepower on offense. Kobe Davis, he had four total touchdowns last week. Two to Bray Davies, the transfer from Troy. Bray Davies, he is probably the fastest player in the Big 7 league, and he really showed it against Oskaloosa in week one. So this seems to be a really good matchup. It's a, te- it's a matchup. You look at Riverside. They're a team that really can put points on the board. Sabetha, they're going to rely on their defense and their run game a little bit more. So it's kind of a contrasting styles here in week two. Well, I feel like for Riverside, that would be a big win for them, really. If they get this win over Sabetha this week, that would be a huge step for them getting into the upper echelon of the Big 7 Conference. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you look at it, Riverside has been towards the bottom for a few years, and now in the last couple of years, they've started to work their way towards the top, and I'm right there with you. I think it would be a big statement win for Riverside to show that they are in that top tier of teams in the Big 7 League with the Perry Compton, the Holton, and the Nemahals. Well, um, Johnny, the next matchup that we're going to break down um, is um, Troy at Centralia. Troy coming off that shutout loss to Hiawatha last week. But Centralia, I don't know if this might shock some people on the scoreboard, though. They actually got blown out by Rossville 42-6 to in that game. So both teams coming off losses. How do you, how do you see this game? Well, Centralia, I mean, they had so much that they were looking to replace with the loss of Campbell Haverkamp there in week one, trying to find a way to replace his production. And they turned the ball over three times against a good Rossville team that a lot of people think is going to win Class 2A this year. You can't do that against a good team, and let alone a team like Rossville that has so much firepower. Rossville just too much on the outsides. They, they put you in spots to where if you miss one tackle, they're going to make a big play, and that's exactly what Rossville did against Centralia in week one. And really, that's kind of the same story of what Rossville did to Centralia a year ago. What did Centralia do? Well, they went and won the 1A state title. So Centralia really looking hungry, looking to bounce back. 
Troy still dealing with some issues with COVID, still having some guys out, some linemen out. That was a big factor there against Hiawatha. Also had their starting quarterback go out with an injury early in that game too, but he still threw for 215 yards, came to Anderson. So, well, it'll be interesting to see what Troy has as far as the personnel here against Centralia. It's going to be a tall, tall task for the Trojans here this week. Well, I think the last game we're going to break down here is Hiawatha and Perry LeCompton. We, we talked about Perry LeCompton a little bit earlier. We just got through talking about Hiawatha. Hiawatha can definitely get a big win over Perry LeCompton here. How, um, how do you, what, what are the chances for Hiawatha that they may be able to pull, I would say, maybe an upset over Perry LeCompton? Oh, it would far and away be an upset. It might be the biggest upset in the state of Kansas if Hiawatha can find a way to take down Perry LeCompton, who now is ranked fairly highly in Class 3A. Hiawatha, though, they forced five turnovers last week and had four of them in the second half. So if Hiawatha can find a way to force some turnovers from Perry LeCompton, Hiawatha can at least stick around in that game and give themselves a chance at the end to make something happen. But Perry LeCompton, they have so much firepower Billy Welch, he threw for 264, four touchdowns, and also ran for a touchdown as well for Perry LeCompton. They just have so many weapons, so much team speed. They are for real, that's for sure. Perry LeCompton is for real. They are well warranted of that top ranking in the state. Well, Johnny, the last thing that we want to do before we let you go here, um, definitely um, definitely giving out some plugs here. What are going to be some of the games this week on your guys' family of um, stations that we could catch if anybody wants to catch any of these games in the state of Kansas? Well, one of the games we talked about and previewed Riverside at Sabetha, that'll be the featured game on 103.9 KNZ and the Sabetha channel. Head to msesports.net, click on the Listen Live tab. You can access both 103.9 and the Sabetha channel to watch the game. Also on 92.1, we'll have Axtell playing host to Cornerstone. That is another game where Axtell had to pick up an opponent after Blue Valley last week came out and said they had some COVID issues. So Axtell going to play Cornerstone on their home turf. We'll have that on 92.1 KMZA. Also on CARE 93.7 FM coming up on Friday, Morham Math Academy travels to Oskaloosa. And also coming up on Monday, we will have the ACCHS Tigers at Jackson Heights. That's a rescheduled game that ACCHS was scheduled to play Pleasant Ridge tomorrow night, but that game has been postponed because Pleasant Ridge had some COVID issues. So now ACCHS will play Jackson Heights in what will be the Cobra's first game of the year. That'll be at 7 o'clock on Monday on 103.9 KNZA. Definitely a full slate of games there. Uh, definitely catch those if you're really interested in the Kansas area. Definitely uh, listen to those games. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for coming on again. It's definitely a pleasure to have you on, and we'll talk to you again next week. No problem, man. Thank you as always. And we thank Johnny Kane once again for having a great conversation about Northeast Kansas football. I want to thank everybody who had the opportunity to join us here on the Week 3 pregame show. Week 4, I promise you, we're coming with more heat. We got more content. Be sure to check out all the eight-man football showcases, including we got extra interviews that weren't included on the pregame show that we're posting. Definitely check all those out. Thank you once again for all the support, all the love. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy week three of the high school football season, everybody. Let's get ready.